there was a little church. Sitting down in the woods. And at this church, they had a choir band. And they could sing real well. And there was an old deacon band. Had been going to that church for a mighty long time. And every Sunday morning, he would always beg that choir director, said, Listen, would you let me sing a song? He said, I got a song that I want to sing. But you know what that choir director told him? Oh man, you should all sing in this choir. He said, You got a trembling in your voice. Heard the old man sit. And y'all might not believe it, but when you get old, won't folks do you like that? When you get old, people are just push you on the side. But they went to church the next Sunday morning. And they noticed that the old man wasn't sitting in the corner. And they went on back to church the next Sunday morning. And they noticed that the old man still wasn't sitting in the corner. They get worried now. And they went on back that day. And they knew that the old man still wasn't sitting in the corner. Somebody began to ask questions about it. Has anybody seen the old man? Look at here. Is anybody hurrying from the old man? Finally, a voice just came down from heaven with. I believe I'm going to let daddy. Tell you what the boys say.
shall always
Happy Holidays, and Good Morning. Thank you for listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm radio host, Patricia Waterbury, with the very best in quartet and contemporary Christian music. Join me every morning from 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. followed by more music with radio host, The Anointed One. From 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. please visit our website, nfiradio.com. Now back to more gospel music.
Unseen, my shelter in a storm. 
Let's make a job. 
We are right at the top of the hour of 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You are listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm radio host, Patricia Waterbury, with the very best in quartet and contemporary Christian music. Join me every morning from 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. Please visit our website, nfiradio.com. Now back to more gospel music. I'm going to see if y'all like this kind of music. Come on.
Drunk right about here, and somebody will just hit fire. And the old mothers, they would say, You better call a baby. Anybody remember when you first got saved back in the day? They would say, Call him by name. Somebody said, Jesus. Come on, say, Jesus.
his presence is where I be. Don't take my God's blessings lightly. Me and 88 slaying. And we putting faith into action every day. Morning, noon, night. Okay to make the only entryway to the pearly gates. If you can relate, let me hear you say. Okay, here we go. Prank phone call. Hey, we got, you know, we're going to try to do something for, you know, like Lil Dale. Okay, Lil Dale. Yeah. Okay, let's try it. Here we go. We're going to call. I'm going to go ahead and dial a number now. Okay. Hello? Hello, I'm trying to reach a Mr. Wilson Campbell. This is Wilson Campbell. How you doing? Who's this? Uh, how you doing? Uh, my name is Brother Springwater, man. Listen, we, uh, we, we, we got uh, paid to actually come by and do some services to you. Uh, for for you by some friends of yours, and we wanted to actually call and see about scheduling and see what you had available. Uh, some some, some my services. Well, y'all plan on cutting some grass? What uh, what y'all do? What kind of services y'all have? Actually, sir, uh, you've got some friends that have actually spent a, a great amount of money on you. And what we do is uh, we have a um, baptismal on wheels service. And what we do is we go and we. Um, we baptize people uh, at their home, and and Baptism on Wheels has been it's a new um, company, but we we've, we've baptized over a thousand people now. We have a a truck with it, which actually has a baptismal pool on the back of it, and we actually come to your home and we will baptize you in your driveway, and and make you whole again. So we uh, uh, excuse me, here. brother Water, brother Spring, what, what's your name again? I'm sorry, I didn't, Spring I didn't Water, brother. Springwater. Springwater, you want to come to my house and give me a baptism in my front yard? We want to baptize you right there in your driveway. Your friends are paid for the services. And My, uh, my friend, what friend will pay for me to get baptized? I, I've been baptized already, Doc. Well, from my understanding, baptized. sir, that evidently you've, you've had some, some bumps and bruises, and, and, and they seem to, uh, to believe that you need to be washed and cleaned I mean, again. I mean, that's all good. That's all, that's all, that's all good, but, I mean, things are – I mean, things – be that, uh, that it may, man. I mean, I, I've been baptized. I go to church. You know, uh, uh, me and the Lord don't have no problems. I mean, we all have setbacks. But for you to pull up with your pool in front of my house to say you finna baptize me, that that doesn't make any sense to me, Doc. I mean, well, see, see uh, sir, sometimes when some people are not able to go to the house of the Lord and get baptized, you know, we're making it a lot more convenient for you. But we can I actually come. I don't need no convenience. I don't need no convenience. What I need convenience for? You asking me to come to my house on a Tuesday to baptize me in my driveway, does that make any sense to you, Brother Water? 
I mean, come on. If you really sit back and think about it, does that make any sense to you? First of all, sir, that, 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 that's Brother Springwater. But what I'm Brother, trying to, what I'm trying to any say is that. Any type of water it is, holy water, spring water, it doesn't make no difference to me. You can't come to my neighborhood and baptize me in front of my sir, house. Sir, what is all the anger? Cool water. See, this, is, this is what your friends are talking about. At, Anybody, which, which one of my friends going to recommend you to come to my I'm not, I'm not at any liberty to tell you who actually... Uh, but you're in the liberty to baptize me, but you can't tell me I'll go see you. But you're not at liberty. What type man? Come on. You don't even... Come on. Does that make sense to you, Doc? Come on. That doesn't make any... No way in the world I'm going to allow you to come and bring your crew to the house and baptize me. Then I'm asking you as... as you, you're supposed to be a pastor... You're supposed to be baptized. I'm asking you, okay, what friend of mine is telling you, to, you know, letting you know I need to be baptized? You're telling you out at liberty? Sir, sir, all I want to know, uh, basically, you, I've already been paid. Schedule You're not on baptizing me. I've been baptized. I'm going to baptize you on Tuesday in your driveway. Man, I'll tell you what. In front of my driveway, you better bring the whole congregation. You understand? You better bring the deacons, the brothers, the sisters. And everybody else, if you think I'm going to be baptized. This is the problem. This is what your no, friends are talking about. This is why you need to be baptized and cleansed again and washed in the blood of the Lamb. This is what's wrong. You need to be cleansed. That's what's wrong with you, Mr. Wilton. What's wrong with me? No, what's wrong with you is calling me in the middle of my workday telling me I need to be baptized in front of my house. If I need to be baptized and go get some holy water, I go down to the church. I don't need you coming in front of my house with all your friends and some white sheets talking about you want to baptize me. From my, understanding, from my understanding, Mr. Wilton, you've missed two Sundays already this month. Sundays? Man, I can go anywhere and get the one. I don't need you coming here because you're telling me I missed two Sundays. Sunday too because the football game coming on. Sir, all I know is I've been paid to do a job. I will be there Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock, and we will baptize you before you go to work on Tuesday morning. I tell morning. you what. I tell you what. You bring you, your deacons, and everybody else. And all of this anger and all of this, this, these problems you have within you, we are going to purge your body and get it out your system. I tell you what, Brother Springwater, is it that morning? You're going to get baptized on Tuesday morning. Blind your sight. I got one more thing I want to say to you. I talk to all you waters. I got to go. You understand? The thing I want to say to you is you listening to me. What, man? You just got pranked by your boy Mason. <laughs> Hi, I'm Pastor Wilson with True Community Church in Silas City, North Carolina. You're listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network in Raleigh, North Carolina. Catch the wave. In HD2. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Catch the wave. I've never been before. 
been so good to us, been so faithful to us. Oh, I can sing a billion songs, dance till my feet are numb, spin till I'm empty and poor. Can't praise you enough. I can shout till my voice gives way. Leap till I have no strength. Do my breath try to explain? I can't praise you enough. And the time where to stop, I can never tell it all. Words of few, this will have to do. I just wanna thank you. I just wanna thank you. I just wanna thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful. Sing it again. Sing a lot. I just wanna thank you.
Good morning and welcome back. I'm radio host, Patricia Waterbury, it is 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. For their very best in quartet and contemporary Christian music. Join me every morning from 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. Please visit our website, nfiradio.com. And please join our NFI television gospel broadcast every Saturday from 4 p.m. till 5 p.m., out of DeKalb, Georgia, on Channel 25, or live stream us at DeKalb25.com. Now back to more gospel music. Old man playing Santa Claus Blew in the town with old Jack Frost Now he's Handing out candy canes and smiles for free People scurry with their lids Rushing around to buy those gifts That will end up wrapped up underneath that tree I'm sitting at this red light looking at a manger scene 
watching snowflakes kiss that baby and it makes me That you can't find in a store Maybe peace on earth No more empty seats in church Might be what's on his wish list I wonder what God wants For Christmas
One day after finishing school, I was called to a little church down in Montgomery, Alabama. And I started preaching there. Things were going well in that church. It was a marvelous experience. But one day, a year later, a lady by the name of Rosa Parks decided that she wasn't going to take it any longer. She stayed on a bus seat. And you may not remember it because it's way back now, several years, but it was the beginning of a movement where 50,000 black men and women refused absolutely to ride the city buses, and we walked together for 381 days. <laughs> That's what we got to learn in the North. The Negroes have to learn to stick together. We stuck together. We sent out the call. No Negro rode the buses. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. And the people of Montgomery asked me to serve as the spokesman. And as the president of the new organization, the Montgomery Improvement Association, that came into being to lead the boycott, I couldn't say no. And then we started our struggle together. Things were going well for the first few days, but then about 10 or 15 days later after the white people in Montgomery knew that we meant business, they started doing some nasty things. They started making nasty telephone calls and came to the point that some days more than 40 Telephone calls would come in threatening my life, the life of my family, the life of my children. I took it for a while in a strong manner, but I never will forget one night very late. It was around midnight, and you can have some strange experiences at midnight. I had been out meeting with the steering committee all that night, and I came home. My wife was in the bed, and I immediately crawled into bed to get some rest, to get up early the next morning to try to keep things going, and immediately the telephone started ringing, and I picked it up. On the other end was an ugly voice. That voice said to me in substance, nigger, we are tired of you and your mess now. And if you aren't out of this town in three days, we're going to blow your brains out and blow up your house. I had heard these things before, but 
For some reason that night it got to me. I turned over and I tried to go to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. Frustrated, bewildered. And then I got up and went back to the kitchen and I started warming some coffee, yeah. thinking that coffee would give me a little relief. Yeah. And then I started thinking about many things. I pulled back on the theology and philosophy that I had just studied in the universities trying to give philosophical and theological reasons for the existence and the reality of sin and evil. But the answer didn't quite come there. I sat there and thought about a beautiful little daughter who had just been born about a month earlier. We have four children now, but we only had one then. She was the darling of my life. I'd come in night after night and see that little gentle smile. And I sat at that table thinking about that little girl and thinking about the fact that she could be taken away from any minute. And I started thinking about a dedicated, devoted, and loyal wife who was over there asleep. And she could be taken from me. I could be taken from her. And I got to the point that I couldn't take it any longer. I was weak. And something said to me, you can't call on Daddy now. He's up in Atlanta, 175 miles away. You can't even call on Mama now. You've got to call on that something and that person that your daddy used to tell you about. That power that can make a way out of no way. I discovered then that religion had to become real to me and I had to know God for myself. And I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I never will forget it. Oh, yes, I prayed a prayer. And I prayed out loud, loud that night. I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. I think I'm right. I think the cause that we represent is right. But Lord, I must confess that I'm weak now. I'm faltering. I'm losing my courage. seemed at that moment that I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you even until the end of the world. I tell you, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. 
promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Sometimes I feel discouraged. I don't mind telling you this morning that sometimes I feel discouraged. I felt discouraged in Chicago. As I moved through Mississippi and Georgia and Alabama, I feel discouraged. Living every day under the threat of death, I feel discouraged sometimes. Living every day under extensive criticism, even from Negroes, I feel discouraged sometimes. Yes, sometimes I feel discouraged and feel my works in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. God bless you. Martin Luther King didn't spring full-grown out of the head of Zeus. He was a product of the Georgia soil. He was a product of two Georgia families, one from Stockbridge and one from Atlanta. He was the product of the church, the Baptist Church of Atlanta, Georgia. He grew up in the streets of Atlanta and was educated in the public schools. In a sense, he responded to the problems of our society by leading us in a more excellent way. He was my brother, and uh, we were very close. Uh, we grew up in a nurturing kind of environment, and I found our parents saw to it that um, we were exposed to um, all of the things that would uh, lead toward um, excellence and the pursuit of knowledge. Well, Daddy King meant as much to me as anyone I know, I know or knew. And, and often I didn't have to consult with him because when something came up, came up in which he was interested, he would consult me before I could have a chance to call him. And quite often, uh, when I was faced with a difficult decision, my secretary would come in and say, Daddy King's on the phone. And whoever I was dealing with, you know, the president of another country or prime minister or king or whatever, I'd say, y'all wait just a minute, I got to talk to, uh, to Daddy King. No matter what occasion, how little the occasion was in terms of uh, size, of gathering and so forth, he could always count on his father to be there. And uh, that meant something to him because that says to him that you have something to offer, you're something special. This was an individual who had a secure upbringing, and when people are secure, they are able to take greater risks. And so Martin did what secure people are supposed to do. Martin positioned himself right along with all of the other uh, theology students and was a very challenging person in class to the teacher. Uh, he just would not accept uh, just because the teacher said something as being uh, the fact. ML uh, did state on rather regular occasions that it was his intention to become a giant of a man. But uh, how seriously would we be likely to take that when he was only about 15 and 16 years old at the time? Martin Luther King Jr. did it when none of us knew he was going to do it. None of us knew how he was going to do it. We are telling you about the origins out of which he came. 
But then something took over. What if I told you hope was the key? Would you believe me? Well, you should. Because hope is not only the key, it's the major key. <laughs> See what I did there? Nah, but for real. Contrary to popular belief, hope isn't pretending your current struggle ain't real. It's actually a brave champion mindset and posture to take in the midst of it all. So you ask me, with all the divisiveness and bigotry and hatred and suffering and sickness and oppression and depression going on in the world, how could you possibly still believe? I'll say it like this, hope. Hope is not the denial of reality. Hope is the commitment to believe greater. It's on the other side of it. Beautiful people hope ain't ever canceled. And I want you to know that he's got the whole world in his hands. No need to worry. Right here. 
each and every day. Help me love the hate away. Cause my desire is to please ya. And you should know that. You should know that. That's just the way I live my life.
as we join together in unity, touching and agreeing in the name of Jesus Christ. Come and join right now, live. 30 minutes, power of prayer. Let's go live. I heard stories about a man. I had these experiences that some would call dreams and visions. I knew that there was someone or something out there carefully crafting a path before me with precision. In my home, I saw pictures of a bearded man in a robe. And much of the darkness that ends well seemed to be dispelled with bright blinking lights inexplicable like a strobe. But Jesus was a name I couldn't readily recount. I heard he walked like me and he talked like me, but he was considered to be divine. But I figured in a life such as mine, which was an uphill climb, that to Jesus, me, I'd simply be counted out and only deserved his wrath. I mean, it didn't add up. I did the math. You take one boy, subtract an earthly father that he can't see, add in the fact that he has an unseen, omnipotent father, multiply that by the fact that he loves me unconditionally, tell him that his sinning was causing division. So this father had to send his son to whom I owe my reciprocated belief and this somehow equals eternal life for me. So the older I got, the faster I ran. From Jesus and his voice, which was emphatic yet sporadic like whispers through a fan. And I had to learn for myself. So I picked up one of the Bibles that was strewn across the shelf and I read. I read about a virgin named Mary who was not yet married but traveled to and fro. Her, her soon-to-be husband, and some animal. I read about a visitation from an angel that I can only assume felt tangible as he stood in front of Joseph and explained the prophecy of old, that Mary was with child in her, yet conceived from the Holy Ghost. They would have a son, and that they should name him Jesus, and he would save the people from their sins. I remember thinking in this moment that if I was Joseph, this angel would have to visit me again and again and again because that's how my walk with God was going at the time. Real lackluster, a lot of back and forth. It's hard to believe in the stance of a man when your life lacks male support. But since then I've been grateful for all the men that God has brought into my life that have helped me unpack the gospel. The Ramis, the Nathans, the Johns, the Sergios, and all of his other disciplined disciples. I studied about how his birth shifted the definition of time literally from BC to AD for about 30 years or so there seemed to be a break that I can only interpret as a father wanting his son to mature until that day the skies opened up and God said this is my son with whom I am well pleased and as John the Baptist baptized this Messiah the commencement of Jesus journey began I read about his travels from land to land and how he could change a man's life with the simple grab of the hand how he would approach fishermen and other phrases like if you come with me I will make you fishers of man. And how without a second thought they dropped their nets, left their father and the hired men, and ran toward the light. I heard about how he healed the lame and helped the blind to see that his yoke was easy and that his burden was light. How he drove demons out of people and he raised them from the dead. And if I was burdened and exhausted, I could go to him and find rest of my soul. 
But the most valuable thing I learned from Jesus walking on water is that our path in this life isn't always steady. But just know that when it's time for you to step out of the boat, that Jesus will catch you, whether or not you can float. And it was in the middle of an inductive study of Colossians 2, when all of my circles and underlines kept pointing back to one name. And as I sat across the table from Kirby at 6 a.m., I uttered it again and again. I wanted to stand on top of the tables and yell, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's what this whole book is about. It's Jesus, it's Jesus. Nothing in my life matters without Jesus. But in all these things, I had no real proof. His existence in my life only looked good in ink. I was so hypocritically analytical that I couldn't allow my heart to think until that day came that I cannot verbally fully capture. But just know I understood the depth of his mission and that he came to set the captives free because there was none more captive than me. My encounter with Jesus was staged on the seashore. AC set fire to my former life and together we watched it sink. Together we watched the sun set as he physically pulled from somewhere deep inside of me a lifetime of embedded lies and he cast them into the sea. And as I knelt before Jesus with an emptiness that I had never felt, he put his hand into the sea, he poured the water over my head and he washed me repeatedly. And as I stood, the dead weight from my past pain and shame sank. And when I was asked if there was anything else, the confession poured from my soul. He raised his hand and with one gesture, completely erased a lifetime of defilement that I have no method to measure. The waters from the sea rose up and completely washed over me. I just remember in this moment thinking that I could breathe. It's as if I was being passed through the birth canal and I came out as pure as a newborn. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I had just been sworn in as a brother to Christ. I had just been adopted into a family that I could not afford the price. A lifetime of feeling unloved, unwanted, and burdensome had completely been erased. See, Jesus is my healer. He's my brother. He's my rescuer. He's my cornerstone, my friend, my deliverer. He's my comforter, my companion, and my savior. He is the Messiah, my protector. He's the living waters that have kept me alive. He came as a ransom for me. He is Emmanuel, the divine son of the living God. He's a dispatch of angels in the second heaven when this light bears down on me. He's the light in the darkness when the shores I can't see. He's the light of this world, and he's the light of my life. Jesus. And it's because of Jesus that death has lost its sting, and I can live my life shame-free with no chains on me, because I am his beloved, and because he is my king. Can I get all my praises to come down to the front? We're going to have some old school church this morning. Anybody out there love Jesus, let me hear you say yeah. Let's try it again. I said, if you really love Jesus, let me hear you say yeah. Anybody ready to have some church this morning? Come on. Clap your hands. Come on. 
Y'all know this song, praise him in the noonday.
Here we go. Prank phone call. Hey, we got, you know, we're going to try to do something for, you know, like Lil Daryl. Okay, Lil Daryl. Yeah. Okay, let's try it. Here we go. We're going to call. I'm going to go ahead and dial a number now. Okay. Hello? Hello. I'm trying to reach uh, uh, L.C. Davis. Let me, let me, hey, my name is Marcus. Uh, my, my mama and them live next door to you, uh, the Patterson, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Patterson. My mom and daddy live next door to you. And I was calling because uh, y'all got a pecan tree in, in y'all backyard that's, I mean, right on the fence line. And, and it keep, you know, pecans and stuff keep falling over into my mom and them yard. So I'm calling to see if y'all can do something, man, where y'all can pick up. I mean, my mom and them got a little older. You know, we've been picking them up for a long time. But I need somebody to, like, maybe you can cut the limbs back that's hanging over so that they won't, you know, the, the pecans won't be falling over into my mom and them yard. Because, you know, for them to be bending over like they're picking up them pecans, it's a lot of them. So, I, you know, Mr. Mr. Davis, I just wanted to holler at you and see if you don't mind maybe cutting the limbs back. Because even when we turn the lawnmower on and stuff, man, it just, it, you know, the pecans and stuff be coming out of the lawnmower just shooting all over the place. Well, first of all, my, my pecan tree is, is an old pecan tree, and uh, it, it's fought well. And uh, I, I can't see me cutting it. So, well, I mean, not, I mean I'm not you saying... Can't no, you can't hire nobody to maintain your yard? But, I mean, you, it's your mother, you can maintain your mother's yard. Sir, I, I I go by my mother's house, you know, every other day and check on them, but I don't have time to go in the back and pick up pecans and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you just, it don't seem no more than like maybe four or five limbs that's hanging over there, but them four or five limbs, I mean, they they there's a lot of pecans falling off of there. But so it's if you shady. My pecan tree is shady. I go back there. There's not no kind of nothing back there. Okay, you can hire okay, sir. Someone to rake the yard, whatever. 
sir. I'm not cutting my teeth. Sir, listen. What I'm what I'm trying to get you to do is I'm not. I don't want you cutting your entire tree down. I just want you to cut a few limbs, sir. So you know those. That way, that those are the ones that are hanging over. It won't be. You know the pecans won't be falling over into my mom's them yard. And 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 you know, like I say, they older now, man. They can't be bending over like that. So, you know, I'm 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 just coming to you as a man right now and asking you, will you please cut this down so these pecans can quit falling over my mom and them yard? Well, I'm asking you. All you can do is hire someone. Okay, someone. I know your mother don't cut your yard. You no, know it's it's a guy that it, it's a guy that cuts the yard. But even when he cutting the yard, these pecans is flying out from underneath the yard. The lawnmower. They, they sooner or later we're gonna be breaking windows over there. What kind of lawn person you have that don't pick up before they cut? Can, why am I arguing with you about picking up stuff and all of this? I'm asking you to cut up five limbs so these doggone pecans ain't are falling over my mama yard. Man, I'm not. You you want to cut? You you gonna make me no, come over here and cut the whole? No, I will come cut the whole tree down. You ain't. I grew that tree from when I was a kid, and that tree gonna stay. Sir, look, I didn't ask you like a man to cut your pecan tree down. Now I, I ain't finna have. You know what? You know you 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 bad enough. You come cut it. I finna look, sir. I, I tonight. Today, rather, this evening, we, it's either going to be two things happening. Either you're going to cut these five limbs that I won't cut, or I'm going to cut, cut the pond tree down. That's why I carry a 357 run something here. That's my tree. Come on. Uncle, come on. I'm here right now. Come on. Is you over there right now? No, Your no, name no, is listed on. in the phone book, L.C. Davis. Why you can't just put the gun down and, and throw these hands like a real man? Why you can't do that? Why I can't? Why, why you can't put the gun down and throw these hands like a real man? Why you can't do that? What you say about my mama? I tell you what. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this right here. Why you got? Why you gotta have a gun? Why we can't just throw these hands like real men do? Make a pecan pie. I don't want no pecan pie. We don't even eat pecan pie. We got to do something about this, man. Now I'm trying to. I'm trying not to hurt you, old man. I really am. Hurt me. I'm in your mama driveway. Do what you you get out. Me. You get out my mama driveway right now. Get out my mama driveway. Well, you get out my mama driveway. Get you out. get out of it. You get out of my mama driveway. You get you out of my, my mama. Come on, come on, come on. Get come out on. my mama driveway. Baby, baby, go cook me something because I'm, I'm gonna sit here. I'm waiting at you at your mama house. Come on with it. You just got pranked by your brother Milton. You say Milton did it. <laughs> yeah, listen, L.C., do me a favor. First of all, get out them people's yard. <laughs> Go back to your yard. <laughs> I'm going to shoot somebody. Wait a minute. L.C., L.C., you got to pull up, dog. Got Go put the 357 up. All right? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody mad about your pecan tree, none of that. Go put it up. Ain't nobody finna cut it down. Ain't nobody tripping. You all right? Hey, man, your brother... Yo, bro, y'all, where y'all, y'all listen to y'all close to the station and uh, where y'all at? I'm, I live in uh, Lake Charles. <laughs> uh, now, I listen to y'all. Every- you all right though? You good? Your pecan tree all right? Everybody, you back in your yard, man? Yeah, man. Now that I could have killed that boy, mama or something, boy. <laughs> okay, man. Please don't do that. <laughs> all right, man. You put the pistol up. Yeah, I don't put it up. <laughs> My blood pressure ain't gone down. All right, man. I want you to look here. Make sure the pistol ain't nowhere around when you're running to your brother Milton, all right? Man, you take it easy. 
Happy holidays and good morning. Thank you for listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm radio host Patricia Waterbury with the very best in quartet and contemporary Christian music. Join me every morning from 8 a.m. till 11 a.m. followed by more music with radio host the Anointed One. From 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Please visit our website, nfiradio.com. Now back to more gospel music. I remember when, I remember, I remember when he saved my life. Everything before that was just a blur. I was wild, living real foul. I just want right. I remember when, I remember, I remember when he changed my name. From sick to heal, from broke to blessed. Now I can testify that I'll never be the same. My God is amazing. My God is a man. 
is first on the wave. Catch the wave on the NFI coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina in the studio of the NFI Gospel Network. Gospel music at its best. Catch the wave on the NFI. <laughs> 